so a little jeopardy today. The category is parables. And the question is, it's like a mustard seed. I hear what is faith. That's one potential answer, but for today, oh wait, that's a different show, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Anyone else? It is like the kingdom of God. Oh, yes, yes. And it is like leaven. How would we respond to that? What is the kingdom of God? Very good. You know, after first service, I was going to dismiss them after that because they were on it, man. They they got it, and I said, sermon done. Of course, they didn't really get to leave. But um, but today we are going to look at what is the kingdom of God. And we see this parable where Jesus shares with with the crowds that the kingdom of God is like a mustard seed and like leaven. And we're going to dive into that today to, to look to see how is that applicable to our own lives today. We're going to be reading from the Gospel of Luke in chapter 13, page 848 in your Bible, or it will be on the screen. Please pray with me. Father God, we bow before you, and Lord, we thank you that... You continue to teach us through your word and that the kingdom of God is well underway. And Father, that you call us to join you in the work that you have started. And so, Lord, I pray that your word would illuminate our hearts and minds today. That you would bring us to places of conviction within ourselves so that we can follow you. And be part of this journey of the kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. So looking at Luke 13, starting in verse 18, he said, therefore, this is Jesus, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what should I compare it? It is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden. It grew and it became a tree and the birds of the air made nest in its branches. And again, he said, To what should I compare the kingdom of God? It is like yeast that a woman took and mixed in with three measures of flour until all of it was leavened. So we see in this text an intentional process with an explicit goal. And if that's the only thing that you remember from this morning, that it's an intentional process with an explicit goal. Let that begin to form inside of you, that what is this intentional process and the goal? We see in this parable that the planting of seed and mixing of yeast yields surprisingly large results. We see these being the seed and the yeast, which is a form of leaven. Some of the interpretations that you'll read will say leaven. Yeast is just a form of leaven. That they are used for, used as an analogy for Jesus, Jesus's proclamation of the kingdom and the insignificant beginnings of his ministry. Just as a seed is planted and receives water, all that was dormant suddenly comes to life. There's that 
creation of a foundation and roots in preparation to provide life-giving nourishment and protection. With yeast, the process of fermentation takes place, and suddenly the dough begins to rise. We see that growth is demonstrated, and both of these analogies begin somewhat in a very subtle way. The seed is planted. We don't know what's happening underground. The yeast begins to get mixed in with the flour, and suddenly we begin to see that as that begins to mix in, things begin to grow and rise. So often what is not obvious to the human eye doesn't mean that it's not at work. And so I wondered what the kingdom, if, if the apostles, if the followers of Jesus knew that the kingdom of God was already underway. As he shared these parables, did they know that as he was speaking about this kingdom, that it was underway and it will not be stopped? And the good news that we have today is is that we've seen it. We know it's underway, and we know that it will not be stopped. The other amazing thing to me is that the group of people that Jesus chose. Man, weren't they a motley crew, those disciples? And yet he chose them. Just as he chooses us today. Because we're kind of a motley looking crew ourselves. Is that fair to say? But Jesus already knew that he was going to give these followers, a command, an instruction. You know, in, in, his, in, in his last instructions before he left earth, he said to them in the Great Commission, familiar to some that have been in the Word and walking with Jesus, but he said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. What a beautiful promise that he inserts at the end after giving this instruction to go and make disciples. He reminds us that he is with us to the end of the age, that the kingdom of God continues throughout the ages. So it makes me wonder, what's, what's hidden inside of you? What's hidden inside of others that you come into contact with? Is it ready to receive God's truth and burst forth in life? The good news is, is that the kingdom of God is at work. And he calls us to join him in that process. I was aware as I, as I was studying for this message, an illustration came to me uh, several years ago. I went to Cameroon in West Africa on a mission trip led by Acha Goris, who was the interim director of care and counseling before I came on board. 
and Acha was a was a native to Cameroon, and we went to the village in which he grew up. And our main assignment for that trip was we were going to teach listening skills, healthy relationship skills, and let me tell you, I was pumped because I'm like, this is my kind of mission trip. I get to go to somewhere that God had laid on my heart years ago and to teach classes that I'm passionate about. I'm like, this is awesome, God. Then I learned another little piece of the trip, which, you know, I like being real, right? So let me just tell you, this piece of the trip, I wasn't excited about. I was told we were going to go to an orphanage. Now, I know that may sound terrible, right? But let me tell you why. I thought, A, who do we think we are going into this orphanage? taking little Dollar Tree trinkets and saying, here you are, children, bye. And I just thought it was terrible. I just just couldn't wrap my brain around how that would be helpful and beneficial. Of course, as God would have it, right? He had a lesson in there for me. So we went the first afternoon and we were greeted by the children We got a tour of the facility. It was nice. It was fine. We played with the kids for a little while, and that was it. And I have to be honest, I walked away going, oh, that was sweet. But I really just couldn't wrap my brain around how is this going to be beneficial for the kingdom of God. I I just couldn't do it. So we were, we had told the children we would be back. So upon our our return, we pull in, we were swarmed. The children were waiting. We literally could not get out of the car. They, I mean, they were surrounding the van. Once order was established, once again, we were able to get out and met with hugs upon hugs upon hugs. I was like, again, that's sweet. That was nice. So we go in and we come to find out the children have prepared a program for us filled with songs and scripture. And they knew at some point that we had brought some little trinkets, our famous Dollar Tree trinkets. And but something began to happen inside of me. The atmosphere was changing. And I began to notice a joy filling the place. It was a palpable joy. And I thought to myself, is this the joy of the Lord? I mean, is this that inexpressible joy that only comes from the Lord? So we left and I just, just, it just bubbled around inside of me all night long. The next day in, in the classes we're teaching, it just so happened that the chaplain of that orphanage was in the group that I was facilitating. And, and he said to me as we began to talk about it, he said, could you feel the joy? I was dumbfounded. I was like, uh-huh. What, what was that exactly? Because I think I know what it was, but what was that? And he said, oh, Jean, 
He said, first we pray for the children to know the hope of Jesus. And I thought, oh, well, there's a hidden piece of the kingdom that I did not know was taking place. That they prayed that the children would know the hope of Jesus. And even more so, he said, we pray and we tell the children that the kingdom of God is big. And that people care about them from around the world. Oh, so when the Americans show up, we are part of the message of the kingdom of God. Needless to say, I was humbled, I was convicted, and I was taught anew about the kingdom of God. So I wonder when we think about what appears small and insignificant, that God uses that to produce results beyond our imagination. When yeast is mixed into flour, we begin to watch that grow and grow and grow. When a seed is planted in the dirt and and begins to receive that moisture and water, it begins to germinate and begins to produce something that provides nourishment. And so is the kingdom of God as we plant those seeds, as we join in with others and with Christ, we begin to see the kingdom of God grow. Now, I had a moment in preparing this sermon. I was in my office yesterday, just trying to stitch things together. And something happened that <laughs> I kind of came undone. I be, as I was typing, all of a sudden I began to cry. And then I began to weep. And then I began to hear the Holy Spirit say, you need to repent. Get down on your knees. Okay. So in my office yesterday, I cried out to God. I cried out for my sins, for the sins of this church. And I repented. It's my prayer that we recognize that we are broken and sinful people and that the kingdom of God prevails no matter what, but that he calls us into this intentional process. He calls us to repent. He calls us to live into kingdom living. After first service, I had one of our dear saints come to me, and she had been an elder many years ago in this church, and she said, Jean, I was reminded as you shared that, 
that during a, a tumultuous time years ago that the leadership was called to repentance. And she said, I'll just never forget that time where God just started to call out to repent and to remind us that he is Lord, that Jesus is Lord. She also (laughs) shared a vision that she received, and I said, oh, please, may I share this? And she said, of course. She said she also began to see walls and began to see the walls starting to come down and hands reaching out. And I thought, hmm, church, I think we're, we're in that place. Walls are coming down. We see ourselves reaching out beyond these walls. We don't want people to be separated from Jesus. We want them to know that there is life now, that he came to die for their sins, that he had victory over the cross. He had victory over the evil one. And so he calls us today to join him in that kingdom so people can live in the fullness of life today. Not just eternally, which they will, but they can have fullness of life today. So let us not get caught up in ourselves But let us begin to remember the kingdom of God is at hand. And it makes me think about the followers and those that heard his voice. I'll never forget my professor uh, for New Testament would always say, you know, walk, pretend you're walking with Jesus and put yourselves in those different places and just kind of see what does that feel like? What are you thinking? And as I think about the followers that heard Jesus' voice and that in telling these parables, did they get it? Did they realize that he was the Messiah, the long-awaited Messiah? Yeah, I think they would say he taught with authority, that he showed love with grace and truth. He performed the signs and miracles. But did they get it? We know they all did it, right? Because they nailed him to a cross. So they rejected Jesus, perhaps, because he appeared small and insignificant. Some thought he would come into the world riding a horse, wielding a sword to conquer those nations. (laughs) And yet we know our Savior rode a donkey. And a sword was put into his side as he hung on a cross. The kingdom of God was at hand. As I reflect over the many ministries of this church and thinking about the kingdom of God, thinking about those things that that have been hidden and those things that appeared small and insignificant, and yet has spread the good news of Christ. Our Three Seas Nursery School just celebrated 50 years of teaching young children about Jesus. Now, I don't know if those that started it thought 50 years later they would be able to look and say, wow, 
Thousands of children and families have heard the teachings of Jesus, have come to know Jesus as a result of the love and the care that those teachers showed them. I think about Feast of Love, having very humble beginnings. Many of you, or some of you knew Karen Lane. And God, God, um, I thought I'd get more laughter over that. Um, You know, but, but God took, took somebody that was broken, just like you and me, and has done incredible things to touch hundreds of people's of lives in the name of Jesus. Sunlight power, providing physical light and spiritual enlightenment around the world. Who would have thunk? Equipping ministries, teaching biblical truths to provide wholeness and freedom to individuals and relationships. And missionaries through the ages commissioned to go forth and teach the good news. And later we'll hear stories about that. And today, the vision to be a multicultural church. It's hard. It's messy. Painful at times. And yet... God is at work. And so can we press in to those truths that God is at work? That what seems to be hidden or what seems to be insignificant and small that God uses for his kingdom. So I encourage you today, challenge you today to take action. First, spend that time with your heavenly father asking him to guide and direct you to shine light into those places that are in need of repentance that are in need of healing from woundedness remember that if there is a kingdom of god there's also a kingdom of darkness and so pray for god's protection pray that the evil one will be bound And that Christ will continue to do his work. Be intentional about living into the kingdom. This is a good time to remind you of our Advent challenge. As a church, the goal of 250 people being invited through the Advent season. So I challenge you to invite someone to church that may not have a church home, don't invite people that already have a church home. All right? We don't need to steal sheep. But invite people that don't, don't yet have a home or don't, do not yet know Jesus. And if you go, hmm, I can't think of anybody because my whole world is surrounded and insulated with Christians that go to church, then I say, we got a problem. We got a big problem. Got to get out more, Sam said. <laughs> Look around. You know, where is God already planted seed? Where is he calling you to plant seed? So invite people so that they will know that they too are part of the kingdom of God. And to know that you can go in the hope and confidence of Christ... Because he promised us 
He will always be with us. Amen.